is The Issue Window with Albie and Brittany. We are airing out the laundry to clean your soul. Just kidding. You're going to leave with more stains than when you entered. Listen at your own risk. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us for episode five of The Issue Window. Uh, good morning, Alvie. Good morning. And our guest today is uh, Dan Stinson from Florida International University. Hi, Dan. Hello. Good morning. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, it's my pleasure and an honor to be on the issue window. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you say that now. Oh. So, Dan, you, uh, you're down in Miami, which has a large number of coronavirus cases. What's life there for you currently? Correct. Yeah, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the spring breakers tend to tend to bring it down with them um no <laughs> life in miami is great uh it's, it's not any different i guess uh, we're doing a lot of what people around the country are doing just kind of social distancing and making sure that we're washing our hands and you know saying happy birthday twice and uh following the cdc guidelines as, as best that we can but uh life in miami is, is much like the rest of the country right now just kind of trying to figure out what what's next and, and seeing proper precautions that we need to be taking to to kind of combat this virus. Yeah, well, that's good. A lot of online meetings with half-naked people. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, um, down in Florida International, you handle football, but uh, that hasn't really been your whole career. Do you want to kind of walk us through your equipment career so far? Uh, yeah, sure. For, for me, I've, this is, I believe this is my 11th season, going to my 11th season full-time. Um, I got my start at Northern Illinois, you know, with the school there, uh, right out of college. I uh, was blessed with the opportunity to take an assistant position there, and I worked with six Olympic sports, and I also helped out with football. Did that for a few years and made my way out west, where I was an assistant at the University of Wyoming, right out of yeah. that. Uh, worked, <laughs> go poke, uh, worked uh, quite a bit there with with all of the sports and also touched on football uh had some transition out there with with our football program and, the, and their head coach so uh once we brought in a new head coach i was elevated to head of football out there at the university of wyoming working with craig bull uh and ever since i've, I've kind of stayed in the the football realm but also uh, obviously you pay attention to the olympic sports and you want to make sure it uh, you are well, well diverse and, and well versed in all other aspects of the athletics world. So, but since then, I've been with football primarily. Uh, I, I went from the University of Wyoming to the University of Minnesota, where I was blessed with uh, a year in the Big Ten, which was which was amazing as an assistant. I acted as an interim head guy out there. And, uh, once that wrapped up, uh, made my way down to Florida International. This is going on my second season down here. Uh, with the Panthers, uh, working in Conference USA, Coach Davis has treated me extremely well, and uh, and, and happy to be down here and, and uh, getting kind of a different look, outlook on how the the culture can be different from you know this is East Coast living now, which is something that's completely new to me. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's been a treat and a, and a lot of fun and an eye opener. So uh, and pause up. Yeah, I'll pause up. Hey, at Minnesota, you are an hour. You are an hourly employee. How was that? And uh, you know, how many hours a week were you working? 
Correct. Uh, there at the University of Minnesota, it was a little bit different uh, in that I was an assistant, but I was acting as, as the head guy. And uh, to avoid kind of uh, a promotion, I guess, they, they decided to keep me on the assistant's pay. Um, but I, I racked up massive hours. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I kind of apologize. I, I, I will never apologize for it. Um, I, I feel like it was really kind of an eye opener for the department there and the, the university there as to how much work we we do put in. I was I was putting in typically uh, eighty five hour weeks uh, during camp. Slacker. I was up over a hundred. <laughs> over, over camp, I, I was up over a hundred and ten and. Uh, it was, uh, and every, every one of those hours is justifiable. So, uh, it was definitely a different time, but, uh, uh, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. I'm not gonna lie. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> so is there a whole new kind of sense of like seriousness about like working in the big 10, you know, it's just a whole different ball game. I mean, escape the pun, but you know, um, yeah, I mean, the working in the big 10 is great. Uh, but then coming from the MAC, also we we had played quite a few of those Big Ten teams. You know, we played Illinois, we played Wisconsin, we played you know Iowa, Nebraska, quite a few times. So a lot of the the people that I was seeing were a lot of common names. There were there were people that I'd already known and and colleagues that I'd made connections with. You know, even in Northern Illinois. So when I went over to Minnesota, it was really really an easy transition. Once you get to that level, obviously it's you know, uh, everything is magnified. You know, you have the Big Ten Network broadcasting live from practice. But uh, other than that, like, it, the roster is still 110 guys. You know, working <laughs> with the coaches were great. Um, the staff is a little bit larger, but not that much crazy. And the the demands are still typically, you know, very, very comparable. And I had a massive student staff that was, that was great and, that, and an intern that, that made made life extremely easy. So um, a lot of working in the Big Ten versus working, you know, in, in the G5 was, was very comparable. Um, it, was, it was a really nice experience. I, I really enjoyed my time there. And uh, during your time at Wyoming, uh they had a new stadium. Was that during your time or right before you got there that they had the renovations to the stadium facilities there? Uh, so we added on the uh, the high altitude performance center was was one of the things that we did there at the very end of my tenure. Um, but we planned for it. You know, I was there for five years. We'd started planning on it in year two. Uh, in year three, we really started to put blueprints together. Year four, they, they broke ground and uh, year five was really when we started moving into it. That was one of my, the last projects that I had was was moving into the locker room and getting the guys all set. Uh, the weight room was great and amazing. It's really a wonderful facility. If you ever get a chance to check it out, I'm, I'm sure they have all kinds of online virtual tours. So it's a, it's a wonderful facility, and it was something that I had hands-on in somewhat of the planning, but uh, the, the execution and the final move-in was after I left. Hey, you touched on it a little bit earlier now that you're in the East Coast, but, uh, you know, you started out in the Midwest living, and so yep. you went to the out West, and then you went to Minnesota for a little northern trip, and now you're in the southern a little bit. So uh, what's, the, what's the culture shock? You've been around the, you've been around the country. You've seen the uh, different cultures for a Midwest boy. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to say that the, 
I don't know. The uh, the biggest difference in living in the East so far is just getting used to it. And it's going to sound silly, but getting used to the time change. <laughs> You're on God's time now. It's something that's that simple and it's as cultural as that. When when you're living in the in the Midwest and you're living in Central Time and, uh, you know, the World Series kicks off at, you know, 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock, like at home, it's it's, it's 4 or 5 o'clock. But out here, that's, that's now 5, 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> that's, that's a little bit different. Like I remember watching the Cubs World Series in 2016 out in Wyoming. Like I, was, I was watching it at 10 o'clock at night. Whereas on the East Coast, that was one o'clock in the morning. So uh, yeah. up here, it's a little bit different, just because you know, when the when the Super Bowl kicks off at six thirty, like the Super Bowl kicks off at six thirty, it's not four thirty, it's not five thirty, <laughs> like it's so those times are definitely. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I I continually can argue with Albie about this. Is like being a Midwest girl. Central Time is the only time, folks. Like, that is it. East Coast is God's time. <laughs> <laughs> no, Central Time is right in the sweet zone of time. Yeah. And, uh, and another thing that's a, is a little bit different, you know, as, as it relates to job and, and time zones is that is we are obviously in the Eastern time zone. We're on the East Coast of the country. And anytime that we travel, we're going back in time. I mean, <laughs> but then when you come back, you go ahead in time, which, which uh-huh. kind of erases that. So you always want to be west of wherever. Like when, when I was in the MAC, Northern Illinois was one of the furthest western schools in the MAC. So we were always traveling east. So we were always going east. I was going to, you know, South, would say God's time. And then we'd come back to Central time. But now, we're, you know, we're in East Coast time and we go to Central or we go to Louisiana or we go to Texas and we're going to any of those places that would be on, you know, the, the Conference USA West, we're always going back to Central Time and then we fly to, fly to Eastern. So it's, it's a little bit of an adjustment. And I know it's, it sounds silly, but uh, it's, it's one of those things that it's just, it's just kind of different. <laughs> Great to be on God's time. Uh, <laughs> no. it's, it's, just a, it's just a hoot and a half, man. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a bunch of haters in here. <laughs> Oh, I mean, how about, uh, you know, moving uh, just like the city differences from like Miami versus, you know, whenever you lived in Wyoming, which I mean, Laramie's pretty, uh, you know, it's one of the biggest cities there, but it's pretty desolate. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, that's been one of the biggest adjustments for me just personally. You know, I, I grew up in small farm town, middle of nowhere, Illinois, I uh, went to school and you know, what some would call a small town, but it was like 60,000. And uh, then obviously went out west to, to Laramie, which is about 30. And then Minneapolis was ginormous and Miami. But I, I like to think that, you know, if, if you can make it in, in the big city or you can make it in the country, like you can make it anywhere. So it, it is what you make it. Um, obviously, Miami is not that bad we're not all on top of each other like like a new york city or an la um, sure. it's, a, it's a heavily pop it's a heavily populated area but we're kind of spread out and, and campus here at fiu isn't necessarily in downtown miami um it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of uh it's, it's out by the airport but it's not you know you're not living on top of each other and breathing down each other's necks and uh it's uh it's been great it's, it's kind of an adjustment just getting used to the big city life and getting used to you know some of the taxes and just making sure that you know if you're taking public transportation you know you can go around but um those things are there which is something that i've never experienced before but it's a lot of fun and it is what you make it but 
the adjustment's been fairly easy for me. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. So, uh, are you a warm weather person or a cold weather person? I, oh, and you know, I, I hate to admit it, but you know, this is really the, the first place that I've ever lived that would be considered a warm area. And, you know, Laramie, Minneapolis, Illinois all get very cold in the winter. Um, but last year, I'll never forget, we were getting ready to go to, uh, to Marshall and the, the, the weather was supposed to be in the forties and, uh, boarded the plane and got on the plane and we, we hit the ground. I think it was fifties that, that Friday afternoon and, uh, they cracked the, the door on the plane and the equipment staff's one of the first ones off because we're, we're unloading the plane or whatever we land. And as soon as they cracked the door and the, the breeze hit me, I had the first like shiver of, uh, <laughs> and, and, and Midwest, Midwestern Dan would have been very upset with me, but it was, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna, I was very cold. <laughs> 50 degrees, what's wrong with you? But I was, I was freezing. So, um, I, I enjoy the warm weather. I, I don't hate the warm weather. I, I don't hate the cold weather either. But uh, once you've been in it for a while, it's uh, it's hard to kind of adapt and adjust back to it. Uh, going back home for, for Christmas was, was quite the shock when it was 20 degrees and I thought my face was going to fall off. So uh, <laughs> definitely an interesting, definitely an interesting ad- adjustment. But uh, I, I like the <laughs> You need three days to adapt. You need three days to adapt. So <laughs> No, you need more than that, LV. Oh, uh, no. Three days. Still, still a short guy, though, no matter what. Still a short guy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Do you have a career highlight or low light at this point? Do you like to tell a story about? Oh, a career highlight or low light? Yeah. There's so many. You know, it's a, it's hard to, to put a, a pen on between the, the MAC championships. The, the, we hosted the Mountain West Championship was awesome out of, out of Wyoming. Beating Wisconsin and getting the axe back in Minnesota was amazing. You know, this just this past year at FIU, we, we beat the University of Miami at Marlins Park, so that was pretty incredible. Um, so, I mean, it, it's hard to, to put your finger on anything. Something that's kind of com- completely unrelated to the position was I had uh, the opportunity to work as one of the, the ball auditors at the Super Bowl this last year down in Miami, um, and that was incredible. Obviously, you never – you know, it doesn't get any bigger than the Super Bowl, right? Like exactly. it was a, a monster stage, and and having the opportunity just to to be present there, and having an integral part, and, and having your hands on every ball that was played with in that game was was pretty incredible and kind of a humbling experience. So it's hard to put your finger on any one thing and say like that was like the career defining moment. But you know, as, as you work in it for a while, you kind of collect these things along the way, and the memories are something that you'll have for, for the rest of your life. So uh, just keep working, and uh, uh, I look Big forward to kind of keep collecting those collecting those moments as we go along, right? Like, I haven't been in it for an incredibly long time, but uh, looking forward to, to kind of collecting those as we go forward, too. And whenever you were going to school at uh, Northern, mm-hmm. did you always know you wanted to be an equipment manager, or how did you uh, kind of fall into that career? Yeah, no, I'd like to think that it was kind of always the the goal and the uh, the career path was always to get into this. Um, you know, it, I feel like the next question is probably be something about like what what was the inspiration. Um, but you know, I'd always been connected with sports, and then in high school, I was connected. I, I played four sports in high school. I was always very you know into athletics. Uh, I think I I had the you know the, the come to Jesus moment or the the realization that 
I was never going to play professionally, but I always wanted to work in it, and I always wanted to, to enjoy what I did. So um, I had that moment early in my junior year of high school, and I believe that was the same year that the uh, University of Illinois had gone to the Sugar Bowl, and uh, one of the local papers was running, writing a blurb on, you know, the behind-the-scenes guys, and, and Trent Chestnut, and the crew at Illinois was loading up the truck and, and getting ready to head down to the Sugar Bowl and, to play. And uh, I remember reading that, that article, and it just kind of clicked with me. That guy liked working behind the scenes, and I always like I like working with my hands, and I, I love, you know, as sadistic as it is, I like the hours and putting in all the, <laughs> the, the work that goes in behind the scenes that you really don't get, you know, any kind of credit for. I, I really was inspired by that article to kind of look at it and, and get kind of inspired to uh, to pursue this as a profession. So I went to school knowing full and well that the degree that I was going to get was going to be awesome, but uh, I really wanted to kind of get into football management and equipment management specifically, and, uh, and here we are. Yeah, and uh, you were actually a student – uh, at Northern whenever Alvy was the head guy there, right? Correct. Well, you know, one thing one thing you might not be know right here is before I got there, Dan actually got denied being the student manager his first time around. Correct. <laughs> yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Alvy. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> well, you know, we, we're, we're here to bring it all out. Um, I had, uh, my freshman year, I, I reached out to the equipment staff there and uh, I I had no experience and I had no idea what the hell I was doing. Sort of like now. Exactly. Like I'm just better at faking it. But back then <laughs> I, I wasn't nearly as good, and uh, I I had no idea where I was going to go. And the staff was full at the time, so I had an undecided major. I just I was a complete wreck my freshman year. But yeah, no, I completely denied up. And uh, my sophomore year was the was my first year working in it. And I believe Alvy came my junior year. Yeah, I think it was too, yeah. Yeah. Wow, I've never heard of them, like, denying students. A lot of the universities that I visit can't seem to get enough. That's that's crazy. They had, uh, if I remember correctly, and this is, you know, almost 15 years ago, but uh, if I remember right, they, they were full. We were a scholarship school, so there were only X amount of scholarships you could have. The state of Illinois was, like, very difficult to get volunteers in on it, so... They had fulfilled all their scholarships. They didn't have anybody graduating, so they're just kind of, you know, hey, thanks for applying. Try again next year, and uh, that's what I did. <laughs> well, that's great that you kind of got where you wanted to be. Would you ever be interested in working at like the pro level, like at the NFL equipment, or or do you like the D one level? I mean, it's always hard to say because I've never really been presented with the opportunity. But the NFL is always something that will be intriguing. You know, if, if somebody were to call and, and ask, obviously, you know, you'd show interest. But for for me, like, I love the, the fact that, you know, with the transfer rule, it's a little bit different. But in a lot of these cases, the kids are really invested in, in the universities and the institutions and, and getting to know the cultures. And, um, you know, if, if you're at FIU or if you're at Minnesota or Wyoming, like, is a student body, the fan base, you're taking classes with, you know, the quarterback, you're, you're taking classes with, you know, wide receiver or vice versa. If you're the wide receiver, like, now all of a sudden you're on campus, you're living that lifestyle, and, and then you're playing there too. So it's something that you really don't see at the NFL level. You don't have that same kind of uh, continuity and buy-in with, uh, with the players. You just kind of go where 
who pays them the most. And, you know, there really isn't a whole lot of loyalty or any of that. So for me, like, I really enjoy the passion that the college game brings out. But obviously the NFL will always be intriguing. Okay, so, Dan, you didn't, like, super recently take your uh, certified equipment test, but it hasn't been, like, that long ago. Can you think of any particular questions from from that that might stump Alvy? Uh, well, I know Alvy's not the best at math. I do, I do know there's 72 balls in a tennis case. It's, sure, sure. No, there were, there were a few math questions on there that, you know, you would have to, you know, pull the shoes off and start counting toes. Um, but I don't, I don't have like an exact question. I know that the test, the test was, was tougher than what I was expecting. Uh, it wasn't an impossible test. It was very fair. Um, so if, if you're somebody that's serious about getting into it, uh, it's a, uh, it's a barrier of entry. Like if, if you're serious about it, you, you will do fine. If, uh, if you, if you think the test is just a walk over, you're going to walk in and, and pass it, you're probably going to be disappointed with the results. Um, but yeah, you know, I, success was fun. I, I think I, I took mine in 2011 in Sacramento and I, and I passed it on the first try. So, I mean, it's not an impossible test. I know it kind of, it's got this legend of this impossibility and, uh, it's, you know, it's unfair and it's, it, it, you know, whatever, but um, it's it's a fair assessment of, of skills, in my opinion. And you have to actually uh, work in the industry before you can even take that test, right, Dan? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, you have to be a student. You have to be a student for so many hours or, or yeah, yeah. Yeah, 1,500 hours or something like that and document it or, or be full-time in it for six months and, and have okay. uh, you know, certifiable employment in order to sit and take, but uh, yes, there is a, a certain aspect to uh, experience before you can sit. Well, there goes my hopes and dreams crushed right there, folks. That's what we do here. Crush your <laughs> dreams, baby. If uh, if I could pass, anybody could pass. It's just a matter of whether you, know, you take it seriously or not. <laughs> so taking back kind of to whenever you were a high school junior, what do you wish you had known then about managing equipment that you know now and what you know kind of what advice would you have some for somebody wanting to get into the field oh advice for people getting into the field uh run no run as See? fast as you can that's, that, that's what that I'll is the say universal too. opinion here folks yeah, yeah no it's a, it's a wonderful field um and I, I would never scare anybody off of it but i would definitely sit down with with a younger you know a younger version of that and say you know, you, you have to be prepared for, to put in the work. In this uh, line of work, there, there is no faking it till you make it. Either you, you're going to put in the work or you're not. Um, and if you do, you, you'll go far. If you don't, well, you're going to have a short, short-lived career. But my advice is that, that we're getting into it is just, you know, understand that the workload is going to be heavy. The, the pay isn't going to be great. Um, but if you have a passion for what you do, you know, you'll never work a day in your life. And, for those people who are looking to get into it and even working like, like I would tell my students now is I would just say that, you know, I ask as many questions as possible. You know, there's, there's no such thing as, as stupid questions or, or uh, silly questions or anything like that. I never get upset if somebody is legitimately like interested in learning about the new helmet technologies or fabric technologies or anything like that. You know, somebody that's getting into it may be intimidated by, you know, asking a, a silly question, but you know, what we do is, is so dynamic and so fluid that, you know, you always have to be learning and you always have to 
have a, a drive for, for betterment. So uh, if you look back, you know, the technology where was that five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, this game has radically changed. And, and in order to be an equipment guy, you have to be on the forefront of all that knowledge and, and be able to explain that out to administrators and coaches and players and, and a well thought out manner so that they, they kind of understand where you're coming from and, and what's going on with, uh, with everything in the equipment world. Oh, <laughs> uh, Hey buddy. We first met when he was a student at the Jacksonville AMA convention. I believe it was, was the Jacksonville Omni in the lobby. Which was a little odd, be, considering all the circumstances that was happening at the time. Very, very different. Very different. It, it, it was a little odd, yes. But uh, but then, do you remember our first road trip? First road? Uh, I believe we were going to the University of Wisconsin. No. Come on. Wrong Big, wrong big Ten school. No way! Come on, was the, I? I thought it was Purdue. It might have been Wisconsin. Now you say that it might have been. It was definitely Wisconsin. It was one hundred percent Wisconsin. Okay. There's the old timers again. Okay. We went up to Wisconsin and we played Russell Wilson. Yes, we did. I believe. I believe we lost by seven. Did we play Russell Wilson then, or did we play him? In, we played Russell Wilson in in Bear Stadium, in in Soldier Field. In Soldier Field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was Dorn's for. It was Dave Dorn's first year. You're right, because yeah. uh, one of our defensive linemen had one of his two picks that year. Yeah. We played Wisconsin. We lost by seven. And I remember this well, because this is our first road trip, and you drove the truck. Yeah. Yeah. You drove that up was... to Madison, and I was like, is this guy always going to drive? Like, uh, I thought we had Craig. Like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. That was one of the last times I drove, too. That was enough of that. <laughs> it, it was. So, I mean, we went up there, and I remember you drove. So, I was like, all right, well, this is a little bit different. Uh, but Purdue is like week three, which is when we upset them at their place on that the fourth down fake punt. Fake punt, yeah. Okay, yeah. And then and then we lost the next week to Idaho at home. <laughs> yes, we did. Did we go? We went to a Bob Evans for dinner that night. Was it there or was it in Wisconsin? I had to, it had to be there. We went to Bob Evans for dinner. One of the few times we didn't eat at a local place. Yeah, we we went to Bob Evans. I believe it was it was in Purdue. Because then we, we followed that up with the trip to Walmart where we saw the, the guy with the peg leg. Yeah, yeah. No. With the bears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the bears bears peg leg. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That was definitely pretty Well, yeah, especially when you're sort of close to Indianapolis. You think it'd be a Colts one. 100%. That's why it stood out. Yeah, because we, yeah, we couldn't find any place to produce. We ended up going to Bob Evans. I They gave me crayons for the placemat, and I was drawing something. I don't remember what it was. It was the Komodo Dragon. That's right. It was a Komodo dragon because the waitress asked. It was a green Komodo dragon. And you were like, of course it's a green Komodo dragon. <laughs> of course it's a Komodo dragon. Why wouldn't it be green? The, the lady freaked out. We were all like, <laughs> and Clark's in stitches. Ross doesn't know what to do with himself because he's an art major. And he's like, this is the worst drawing I've ever seen in my life. And now he's just <laughs> plugging away with his little Komodo dragon. That's right. That's right, because when we we set up that day, we were setting up, and I was doing the coaches' locker room, and Matt Painter to walk in, and Matt was Matt was head basketball coach at Purdue, which he'd been the head basketball coach at Southern Illinois when I was there, and he came in, he was looking for me, and you were just like, oh, it's Matt Painter, he's looking for you, yeah. and it's like he was all starstruck, and it's like, all right, no, I'll be, I'll come, I'll, all right, all right, it was, not, it was just unexpected, like I, I remember that day vividly, and it's like. Obviously, this is a guy that, you know, I've seen on TV many a times going to, you know, <laughs> Sweet 16s and the Big Ten Championships right. and all that. 
And then he came walking around the corner and he just said, hey, is Alvy here? (laughs) What? (laughs) Why? Who? Exactly. One of those, like, why Why are you looking for Alvy? Like, I don't don't know if you remember back when uh, uh, Brandon Jacobs' cousin played for us at the, the spring game. Oh, Brandon yeah, Jacobs yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just goes, hey, Alvy. And I was like, how yeah. did Brandon Jacobs know Alvy? I don't know I can't. Right. So I was like, well, how do all these people know you? You're like, well, it's just a you're, memorable you're, name. And, when you're in the business for a long time, people just know you anymore. No doubt. You no doubt. 100%. Yeah. But yeah, I believe that was week three. Yeah, I think you're right now. That's right. Wisconsin was our first one. Wisconsin. First play of the game is one big play, just right over the top. It's like, well, that's not good. 80-yard wheel route right over top of Mike Sobel. And we were all jacked and excited because we spent the entire offseason talking about how we were going to shock the world and beat Wisconsin. The first play of the game, we gave a touchdown. I'm like, dude. <laughs> yep, that's okay. <laughs> that was a fun trip. I remember that one. Didn't it, it was a good trip. Do you have any uh, road trips, Dan, that have kind of went awry over the years, either either with Alvy or just by yourself? <laughs> Talking like wheels completely falling off the wagon? Well, you, you pretty much. You, you try to to not have those. Obviously, you know, the, the circumstances sometimes dictate what's going to happen a little bit more than, than <laughs> what you're prepared for. Um, I'd like to think that every time we pack up and go on the road, you know, we're ready for anything. But sometimes it's just not meant to be. Uh, I remember one, I think it was my first year. It was my first year full-time at Wyoming as the, as the head guy. So this is my first year as the head guy. I think it was week three. Uh, we were getting ready to go to um, Appalachian State. And this is after just getting done. We, just, we had just got done playing at, at Washington State. We were going to App State the next week. So across the country, literally stopped in Laramie, packed the truck, kept going. You know, I was skittish as all get out, nervous about having anything go wrong. And uh, that's when uh, Hurricane Sandy hit. I believe it was Hurricane Sandy. And it was just – there was nothing that was wrong with that game in particular. There was nothing that was forgotten. There was nothing that was out of our control. But just being rained on for four straight, you know, Four straight hours, just dumping. Uh, that was a completely miserable experience for everybody involved. Can't believe you couldn't keep the balls dry. No doubt. I mean, coaches hated it. Players hated it. We didn't want to be there. We were on the East Coast. We, what, what's a team from Wyoming doing in you know Boone, North Carolina? Uh, nobody wanted to be there. It was just a completely miserable experience. The, the game went off with quote unquote without a hitch. You know, we didn't have any communications issues. Balls are, you know, wet, dry, whatever they were, they were going to be because we were playing in a hurricane. Um, but I, that, that's one of, the, one of the least favorite trips I've ever had is that one right there. If I could just erase that one from memory, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'm going to pretty well on that note wrap up this episode. But before we say goodbye, Dan, do you have any... Uh, recommendations for netflix binging that you're doing during the quarantine netflix binging i'm actually not a netflix guy which i know is gas just i'm there with you yeah i just there's a lot of better things that i I tend to do with my time um but i have been i i love breaking bad or the office or are always great Uh, i find myself you know falling down the youtube rabbit hole quite a bit now i I really (laughs) don't have solid suggestions but 
(laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, with that, I'm going to say goodbye. But everybody, thank you for listening. And we'll be back for uh, the next episode. And I hope that we can have Dan back on again. Thanks for joining us this time, Dan. Absolutely. My pleasure. And uh, pause up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, see you next time, everybody. Until then, stay safe, stay sane. Bye. Adios. See ya.